And we are back with another exciting episode of Rick's Horror Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, where we review all things related to horror. Horror movies, horror TV shows, horror comic books, regular old books like Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus, horror documentaries, even horror primetime specials from the 1990s about the Catholic Church and demonic possession with Barbara Walters and Hugh Dow because we absolutely love that shit. But around here, there's a very special type of horror that we truly enjoy. And that's horror movies or horror TV shows or horror anything that has to deal with the Catholic Church. And of course, you can't have the Catholic Church without demonic possession. <clears throat> oh, yeah, demon. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a uh, show about a zombie that wants to eat your brains. Or maybe a documentary about the witches of New England. Maybe it's just a regular old ghost who haunts your house because, fuck it. It just wants to be there. It has no purpose other than to haunt. And hunt. Welcome to our show. If this is your first time, thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate you being here. If this is not your first time and you're a returning listener, welcome back. We appreciate you being here too. Billy, welcome. Ah, oh, well, thank you. That's very nice to be here. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited about this episode and uh, I look forward to our conversation. Same here, Billy, same here. But tonight, I have to say something. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know, I wouldn't have to do it with uh, this episode being... Well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and let you. Well, Billy, thank you very much. But tonight, I have to say something about this particular episode. Because tonight's episode is a special one. Tonight we're talking about a movie called The Dark and the Wicked. And boy, oh boy, was this film dark and was it wicked. If you're new around here, well, I already welcomed you. But if you're new around here, we have a, we have a show format that we'd like to stick to. And uh, without further ado, why don't we just get started, Billy? What do you say? Well, I mean, yeah, let's just jump right into this one, like you like to say. And uh, if you wanna, you wanna just go ahead and start the, the show format. Yes, the show format is as follows. First and foremost, I am going to talk about what kind of film this is. Actually, let me try something new. Oh, what, what do you, what do you wanna do? Here, hold on. Ah, oh, lot. Here's a show format! First and foremost, we're gonna talk about what kind of horror film The Dark and the Wicked is. Then I'll tell you if it's scary or not. And I'm adding a new segment! New segment, everybody! Welcome aboard to Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show new segment. And segment's called... Does this movie contain jump scares? Ah, oh, okay, I, I like that. Yeah, not everybody likes the old jump scare. It's nice to let people know. Yeah, I thought that, but we'll see how it goes. 
Then we'll move on to the things I like, the no, not things I like in general. I like many things. I'm talking about specifically the things I liked about this film. Immediately after the things I like, well, doesn't it just make sense to talk about the things I didn't like? Not things in general that I don't like, but things about the film that I didn't like. Then I'll tell you whether or not I found this uh, film to be entertaining. We'll move on to whether or not I recommend this film. I'll give you a little bit of context. And then I'll give you a rating. After the rating, everything will be spoilerful. Up until this point, I will spoil nothing. After this point, I'll spoil everything. Before this, nothing. But after that first rating, we'll do a plot review, commentary, and script accurate dramatization of scenes. A lot, but we never do the script accurate dramatization. They are script accurate improvisation of scenes. Oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Wait, now hold on a second. Not, not script accurate, you're more like dramatization of scenes or improvisation of scenes, but none of them are script accurate. Agree to disagree, Billy. For this movie, we're gonna do an interpretation of the ending because it begs for one, in my opinion. And then we'll give another rating. How does that sound? Oh yeah, I kinda like that. Okay, well, well without further ado, let's uh, let's jump right into this one, huh? What do you say? Okay. So what kind of horror film is this? Billy, what do you think about this? Uh, uh, well, you know, it's my honest opinion. Out of the multitude of films I have already observed throughout uh, my lifetime and the amount of time I have been self-aware, I believe this film to be an atmospheric and supernatural type of horror. Now, I'd like to say that uh, there are Catholic Church elements in this film, but uh, uh, the reality is that uh, I cannot say that this is actually a Catholic Church horror film because they... It's sort of merely like a reference, really. Yeah, I agree. I would not call this a Catholic church horror film because, I mean, yes, there are characters who belong to the old Catholic church. But, you know, what else is there to say about them? Okay, moving on. Is this film scary? Hey, mister. Yeah, what do you want? Is it, well, I just wanted to know. Was this film scary? Get out of here, child. Yeah. Shoo. Shoo. Oh, Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, Billy. I, I thought this film uh, was a uh, 5 out of 10 scaries. Oh, you got on the scale now. Yeah, the scaries. It's, uh, it's a scale from 1 to 10 or 0 to 10. And uh, us as horror aficionados... I am going to give this one a 5 out of 10 scaries. And uh, 5 out of 10 scaries to me is uh, a decently scary film. It's not going to scare the pants off. It's not going to scare the pants off of you. But, you know, it's going to give you some scaries. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I think uh, a 5 out of 10, uh, in my opinion, might be a little low in terms of scaries. I would, I would more, uh, you know, I'd be more on the, along the lines of maybe like a 7 out of 10 scary. Wow, 7 out of 10 scaries for you, huh? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, well, well, I thought it was scarier than you. Billy. Been doing a lot of humor lately. I wasn't aware that you were capable of so much humor. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm capable of, you know, so much, especially so much more than you. Oh, look at you. 
well, you know, you set yourself up there a little bit. I kind of did. Okay, thus the jar, and this is the new segment. Welcome to our new segment. Does this film contain jump scares? It does. I won't say how many. Not here anyway. I won't say how many jump scares. The short answer is yes, it does contain jump scares. So if you're not a fan of the jump scares, and it's an obligatory thing for me to say I am not susceptible to the jump scare. It just doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. I'm not saying I don't get the jump scares. I do, but it just doesn't happen often. Like I see them coming from a mile away. Okay. I heard things. I heard things about the jump scares. I heard there's a jump scare coming up. Anyway, the things I liked about the dark and the wicked, as usual, sponsored by no one. Okay, so the things I liked, uh, the story, my goodness, the story, so simple. It's not like this, you know, crazy, complex story of interweaving smaller stories than meeting at the end. This is a, one story. Takes place in one location in Texas. It's simple. It's based on real life. And it's just effective. Billy? Yeah, I, I must agree with you. The story is, in fact, simple, but that doesn't uh, take away anything from how good it really is. It's a simple but extremely, extremely entertaining and effective story like you just described. Yeah, I agree. Another thing I really like was the title. The Dark This Summer. This Summer, Only in Theaters. Shit happens that you're gonna want to see in the dark and the wicked in theaters only. This film is rated R, not suitable for young children or people who are offended easily. Amazing title. I mean, look at this the dark and the wicked. Does it get better than that? Well, I mean, I, I think you know, the, the title is more complex than the plot, honestly. Billy, come on. I'm not, I'm not taking away anything from the plot. I just like the title. It sounds, you know, intriguing and interesting. It does. And along with the title, the promotional artwork. And I mean, when you have a title like the, you know, The Dark and the Wicked, the promotional artwork is obviously going to look amazing as well. So all of this stuff, uh, really well done. Great acting. Uh, I like to commem uh, commend the acting in films when I see great acting. Great acting by everybody that's involved. Nobody uh, stood out in terms of like, oh, you know, like I always like to say, like, oh, it feels like somebody's mailing it in. Nobody mailed it in. Nobody emailed it in. I mean, that would be uh, a modern reference. Nobody tic-tacked it in. And by the way. All right. My producers are telling me to mention the old show shows be our friend on the old Instagrams, tic-tacks, tic-tics like the kids like to call it. The YouTubes and the Facebooks, like the old people say, at Rick's Horror. Send us a message. Tell us how we're doing. Do you like us stuff? We want to hear from you. Recommend us something. I'd love to... Rem I'd love you know what I would love to do, Billy? What's that? I would love to review a, an audience-recommended film. If you liked one of our reviews, 
recommend me one. I am more than willing to do it. But please don't recommend these slashers. Ah, no, you had to. You had to shit on the slashers. I have to. New listeners, if you don't know, I am not a fan of the slashers. They just don't do it for me. They're just not, you know, they're not scary. They're not scary enough. If you like them, great. Congratulations. This one's for you. That doesn't mean I won't review them. We reviewed plenty of slashers. And by the way, we found slashers that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Some of our highest rate. As a matter of fact, a slasher in this show has a 10. I'm not biased against them. I'll definitely review it. And if I find it interesting, then I, then I will give it a, you know, a rating that it deserves. I'm not just shitting on them. I'll definitely, you know, give them their, uh, their due diligence and their credit. Get credit where credit is due. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's not good. Right, Bill? Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's the great thing about the horror genre. There is something for everybody. So if you got a recommendation out there that you think I'd love or maybe you think I'd hate, you know, throw it my way. I'd love to hear about it. At Rick's Horror everywhere. Anyway, that's it for the things I liked. Anything else to add, Billy? No, I think, uh, you know, for the most part, you captured everything. Okay. And now, as usual, the things I didn't like about this film is sponsored by no one. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, I just just felt like the film relied on jump scares a little too much for my personal taste. And uh, it's more of a, you know, what really grinds my gish. You know what really grinds my gish? Overused jump scares. This is me. You might like them. And if you do, there's some in this one. I already told you. And the only other thing I didn't like, it's more of like, not really didn't like, but you know, it's more of a grinding. And you know what really grinds you, man, Gish? Uh, I'm, hold on a second. I'm confused. This grinding, your gears, does that mean it doesn't bother? I mean, it's like not as strong of an emotion as a thing that you didn't like. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. Because it really sounds maybe like it's actually a stronger emotion than the things that you didn't like. Now, it's definitely meant to be, you know, not quite as strong as a, as a, as a dislike. It just grinds my gears a little bit. I should add that. It should be a segment. And welcome to our brand new impromptu segment. Yeah, now I really grinds my gears. Sponsored by Family Guy. Sundays at 7 p.m. on Fox. Fox LA. Not a lot. Okay, so I said the overused jump scares. It's just, you know, not my taste. I don't like it. But hey, if you do, that's, there's some in here. I also felt, and the other thing, the, the only other thing is, I felt like the, I needed more from this film. Uh, what do you mean? Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know what it is, but I felt like it was, I was on the edge. I was on the edge and, uh, you know, and I needed that one extra thing or that one extra scene or hell, maybe in jump scare, you know, to put me over the edge. So really, really, really loving this film. But you gave it an eight. I did because it's a great film, but I just, you know, I wanted it. I wanted a 10. Every movie I watch, I want, I want it to be a 10. I don't want to watch a movie that isn't a 10. It's, by the way, that's, that's a really interesting question. I don't think anybody asked the question. Okay. <laughs> uh, it just means, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, every movie that I watch, I want it to be a 10. In fact, they all start at 10. We take points away. We don't add them, right? 
Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different scale. But yeah, I agree, I agree with you. That's a good way of looking at it, you know. You, like you said, you don't like to read reviews. You don't like to read the plot before you watch a film. You just kind of, you know, want to enjoy it and experience it uh, without any spoilers. That's me. Okay, that's, uh, that's it for the things I, uh, I didn't like. Not much, you know. Again, it's a good film. Is this film entertaining? Yes. It was. No question about it. It's an entertaining film. No two words about it. No question about it. Were you entertained? Are you not entertained? Uh, yes. I was super entertained. I didn't feel at any point during the film that I was bored or wishing it ended. I, again, I wanted more. The complete opposite. There was, I, need, I felt like I needed something else and I just didn't get it. And I don't know what that is, but yes. All right. And finally... Do I recommend this film? I always recommend that you watch a film after listening to our review, or maybe you've already seen it. I don't know if uh, you know what you like to do. I always recommend you do watch it and make up your own opinion about it. But in this instance, yes, please watch this. I am begging you. I'm begging you. <laughs> please watch this film. Oh my God. Go watch it. I think it's fun. I loved it. So yeah, go watch it. I recommend it. You can you can put this on the list of Rick's recommendations. Rick recommends. Oh my goodness, we could we can make an episode out of that. Welcome to the first ever episode of Rick Horror Review Show presents Rick Recommends. Our first guest is a movie by the name of The Dark and the Whippet. And now here's our host, Rick. Thank you very much, uh, Disinvited Voice. And uh, yes, I recommend this film. Well, that's it for our first episode of uh, The Rick Recommend. We'll catch you again next time. Until then, have a great night. Oh my goodness. Well, what the hell just happened? That was our first episode of, uh, you know, Rick's Horror Movie Review Show Recommends. Does Rick Recommend? Oh my goodness. You made a show within a show. <laughs> Billy, it's our show, Billy, and we can do whatever the fuck we want with it. All right, and without further ado, or maybe actually I think I better have spoiled this already, without wanting to. Maybe they didn't catch it. The audience didn't catch it. The rating. This film deserves an 8 out of 10. A great film worthy of every minute that you sit there and watch it, which I think is... You know, considering time is money and time is of the essence, every film should be like this. This is an 8 out of 10. Great film. Go watch it. Okay. And that's sort of, uh, that's, it. that's it. We can get into the, the spoiler-full territory. And usually we begin spoiler-full territory by giving you some context. But you know what? This film actually doesn't require context. I mentioned earlier, it's a simple story. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. This is one of the few uh, episodes that uh, we haven't really had much context. So, okay, look, I, I guess you said it was a simple story. I mean, don't you agree it's a simple story? I, I mean, I think the themes covered are not simple. I mean, we're literally talking about, like, demons and life and death and soul. Those topics are not simple. No, 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 I'm not talking about the topics. I'm talking about the story. Yes, the themes may be complex, but the story's simple. Let's begin with said story. 
Okay, so the movie opens up with a night shot of, uh, and by the way, again, remember, this is all spoiler-full territory. Jump off right here if you don't want to know what happens in this movie. I gave you a rating. That's good enough for you. That's good enough for me. And uh, go watch it. If you're still here, the night shot of, uh, of some white Phillips. And by the way, a very special guest this evening already, Mr. Black Phillip. Mr. Black Phillip, uh, how are you this evening? Just living deliciously. What can I do for you? Well, you know, I saw a bunch of white goats, and the first thing that came to mind is amongst these white goats, there will definitely be a Black Phillip. Perhaps you might be wrong. Perhaps the Black Phillip is having a taste of butter. Or maybe he's purchasing a pretty dress to help someone live deliciously. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. I actually didn't see any Black Phillips here. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you stopping by, and uh, maybe we'll catch you again a little later in the show. <sighs> I will be here. Okay, thanks, Black Phillip. So then we see a night shot of a woman and she's making dresses and it turns out to be the mother on the main character, Louise. But suddenly as she's making her hairdresses or her dresses, uh, there's a noise amongst her mannequins and she turns the lights off and goes to check on the noise and goes outside. Nothing really happens, but it was a really tense moment. So she reaches the line of goats and they're all bleeding. She checks the little bottles that are there to prevent the goats from going anywhere. And everything seems to be in order. She gets up and uh, walks away and elsewhere there's a windmill windowing behind her. She just kind of heads home, but it's a really tense, dark moment and this dark, brooding music. She enters her home and sits next to her husband, who, as we can see from the shot, is, I mean, I would say not responsive yet, but he's on oxygen. And we see her writing something in some type of book or journal. And suddenly she hears wolves outside. Suddenly, she continues writing. And then there's something scaring the, mo the goats outside. And there's a shadow of the goats outside, and they're going. And it's a blink and miss moment, but at 4.51, we get just one of the only clear shots of the demon in this film. Billy, did you catch that at 451? Yeah, I uh, I was gonna ask you if, if you had caught it. Uh, I definitely did. Uh, it was uh, one of those, like you said, blink and you miss moments. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, the goat, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the goat, the, the creature was sitting amongst the goat 
and it was there for a split second and obviously it's one of these it's a form of storytelling right and i mentioned earlier i felt like i was missing something from the film and maybe what i felt i was missing was the presence of the evil entity or rather not the presence i felt like the presence is always looming in this film but i guess the revelation oh that's what i was a revelation you know who did a good revelation krampus the movie sucked in my opinion but it was a great revelation. The great revelation of Krampus. And this movie just didn't have a revelation like that where, you know, everything is set up for the creature or the demon or whatever the case may be to present itself. It's just looming. But to the credit of this film, I think that's the story. It's just the imminent looming demise of someone or something by some demonic creature. Billy? Yeah, I think you, you hit it right on the head there. Like you just said, it's the looming presence of uh, an evil entity. Okay. Shall we continue? Yeah, let's continue. All right. Well, and now my brain is trained back on the goats. And of course, again, I'm looking for a Black Phillip. And in fact, there's the Black Phillip in the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, Black Phillip is back. Oh, so this isn't the Black Phillip, Black Phillip? No. I was out seeing the world. Would you like to see the world? We already had this conversation, Billy. Nobody is, uh, I'm sorry, Black Phillip. Nobody is uh, removing thy shift. So thank you so much for your appearance. Uh, Mr. Black Phillip, please be on your way. So the woman continues with her housework and after writing, you know, in her journal, she starts chopping onions. And she's just chop, 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 chopping away. And then suddenly a chair slides and creaks behind her mysteriously. And then there's the title card with the word Monday written on it. So this is all happening, I guess, on a Sunday. My mind, my mind, that's correct. So the next shot is a morning shot of the outside and the goats are outside foraging again. And then we now meet a young woman or a younger woman who is driving into the farm. And her name turns out to be Louise and she's the older woman's daughter. And Louise walks into the house and, you know, the mother says. Now down there, I like Louise. Why, why y'all down here? Y'all, y'all didn't need to be here. Y'all didn't need to be here, Louise. Well, mom, you know, we just, uh, we haven't seen you in such a long time. We just, we just wanted to say hello. Let's see how you were doing, mom. Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all didn't need to come. I gotta have a smoke. Oh, yeah. Well, y'all need, didn't need to come. Um, the mom, the mom actually doesn't smoke, actually. And Louise is the one that smokes a lot. Fine, Billy, fine. And we continue with another shot. And then the next scene, someone is changing a flat tire outside and Louise arrives to offer a, a hand. Hey there, cowboy. Do you want a hand? 
How about a sig? How about a hand and a sig? How about a dance, cowboy? It does not ask anybody anything of those questions, actually. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Watching the wrong version of the movie again. So one of the men fixing the tire is actually uh, her brother, Michael. And the other man, Charlie, is the farmhand that helps out her mother and her father. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So we move on to the next scene. And now Michael and Louise and the mother are having dinner. And, uh, you know, typical... Typical uh, Monday evening dinner. Because, uh... Mama, this done here soup is delicious. What did y'all put in this thing today? Oh, Mikey, well, that done there's called Sopa de Caracolis. It's a Mexican delicacy, and it's quite delicious. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Mama, they're Mexicans. They really know how to cook that food, don't they? Well, I, you know, as in my know, like, Mexican food is like, the best cuisine in the whole wide world, little Mikey. Well, Mama, I done there agree with you. <laughs> I done there agree with you there. I mean, yeah. Louise jumps in. I mean, yeah, Mexicans is really good. I love it. I love everything. I love the tacos. I also love booze. Mikey, wanna go outside? Let's have some booze. And Michael and uh, Louise step outside for a little while and they sit outside in the porch and they talk about the last time they spoke to the father, which was in May, and they, uh, well, they converse. Michael, we can't leave Mama alone here anymore. Well, I don't reckon, I don't reckon we should, I should have hugged her when I got here, but you know what? I just done break and smell that soap of the caracol and my brand don't stop working no more, you know what I mean? But that soap of the caracol is just too damn good. Well, it's a Peter like the... It's a Peter. You know, cause they out there like to add to the I-T-A to all the things that make sound cute. Like Senorita. <laughs> like you, Louisa. Or maybe I can call you Louisita. <laughs> <laughs> That done there be a joke there, Louis Cedar. Oh, Michael. I'm so serious here. We can't leave Mama here. We have to take her. Then they go back inside, and uh, the brother goes to the shower, and, uh, and the mom is watching Johnny Carson on the telly. Here's Johnny! Well, I got some wild stuff for you folks this evening. Thank you so much for joining us on the Tonight Show. I'm Johnny Carson. And Louise is washing her hands, and suddenly she hears the door creak open, and uh, she simply closes it. No big deal. But the shot from the man amongst the goats from earlier, but now he's inside, and he's in the background. Ah! And there's a shot of her walking back from closing the door, but now the man is gone, and instead the mom's shadow is standing there. And jump scare a lot. But we continue. She saw nothing. That's all, you know, the viewers saw, but the characters didn't see, right, Billy? Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what happened. So she steps outside for, uh, for a smoke. Yeah, that's a good thing. And uh, the mother and the brother uh, are in the kitchen. 
And the mother suddenly begins to sing. Running my pen with a thin gun. Singing my life with his wound. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his song. Telling my whole life with his words. Telling me softly with his song. Oh my goodness, she did not sing that song. Well, whatever, she sent some song. Why not this one? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for uh, the mother singing a little bit of Roberta Flack. Oh my goodness, she did not sing Roberta Flack. Cut me some slack, Billy. And then she says to him, Ah, uh, Marky, Louise, y'all, y'all should go. It's not what y'all think. Uh, your dad is not dying. Your dad is not dying a regular, a regular old death. Something be wrong with your daddy. And then there's another shadow that died on oxygen, and uh, the mother continues chopping veggies, carrots, and uh, and of course, well, you know, anytime you need to chop something, uh, well, why don't we just let Hildy from our episode on uh, Brooklyn 45 tell us about uh, the knife that she's using. Hildy, you there? Oh yeah, 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 Danka, Danka. Uh, good evening, thank you for for having me here on your show. And uh, I believe the mother is using a Worcester knife. And why do you think she's using a Worcester knife? Uh, uh, quite efficiency in the chopping that, uh, that I see. I see the uh, the Worcester knife, as you already know, is not good for killing. Not good for killing at all. Uh, but it is good for chopping, slicing, dicing, and julianing, all of which are being performed by the mother at this uh, present time. I see. Okay, well, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining us. And, uh, you know, this is the first time on the show, and, uh, you know, we'd love to have you back. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danke, danke. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're on hands tonight. Uh, tonight and every night, Bill. Anyway, we continue, and then suddenly a chair slides again, and she's chopping vigorously with that worst of knife. But. And she chops her fingers off, two of them, but she continues chopping and slicing and dicing because clearly that wood stuff is really, really sharp. And now it's Tuesday morning and there's blood everywhere. And Michael, like, you know, he wakes up and he's looking for his mom. Mama! Mama told me. Mama, you there? Remember what you told me when I was young? You don't dare tell me, mama told me, when I was young, you'll find a woman, and you'll find love. Oh my goodness. But they can't find a mom. And now Louise is out there also looking for her, and then there's a white shadow of the goats goading, and then suddenly we see the mother hanging from the barn or something, and... Louise slides the tub over and cuts her mom down as Michael holds her and they, they both cut her down. And there's another title card and now it's Wednesday. And Louise is smoking outside and Michael is drinking a coffee outside and they're just sitting there quietly. And Charlie the farmhand outside feeds the goats. And Mike and Louise now in another scene and the nurse are in the room with the father. The nurse said she, well... I made, I made you guys, I made you guys a roast. I want to say something to you, you know, 
And your mom, she was saying things. She was saying things like I heard things. She was saying things like she was saying things like, you know, she thought I think that I wasn't listening, but she was saying things. She would sit there and whisper like, wah, 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 wah. well, <laughs> well you know, we know what a whisper is. You don't have to, you, you don't have to direct and tell us, you know, like, explain to us what a whisper is. We know what a whisper is. Well, that's what she was doing. I just want to paint the picture for you. Okay. You don't have to be rude about it. Anyway, she was sitting there, she was whispering like she was talking to him like she used to. But it wasn't him she was talking to anymore. It was someone else. And I know you guys don't believe in the Jesus and all of that stuff. But I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I don't care. Okay? You don't go to church, that's okay. But I'm going to pray for you. Thoughts and prayers for you. Well, you know what, uh, we, we, uh, they all taught them prayer. We don't, we don't believe in that bullshit. We believe in action. Okay, well, you know what, thoughts and prayers for you anyway. Okay? You can't stop me from thoughts and prayers, okay? You, you can't control my thoughts. Oh, Lord, no, no, that happened. But she said she was going to pray for him. That's it, dead. That's it, dead. No arguing that. Louise sits outside for a second before walking to her mother's workshop with the mannequins. Well, where the mannequins are, I should say. Not walking with the mannequins. That was a different movie. And she uncovers a white dress. And apparently some kind of wedding dress. I don't know. It wasn't explained what, what the hell it was. And in another scene, the brother and the sister pair tend to the goats. And they're tending to the goats, and the goats are goading. Meh! <laughs> Nah. Nah. Uh, is that what you mean? What tending to goats are? Oh man, I don't know. That just means like goats are goading. Well, they're tending to the goats. What do you want me to say? Uh, and then in the next scene, we see Charlie, the farmhand, Louise, and Michael visit some kind of makeshift cemetery for goats, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they talk about a particular goat. Well, Louise, that there be vi- that there be Vida. You know, it's actually Vida. Spanish Vida man la. But you know, my pappy, he called her Vida because, you know, he wasn't too good on the old Spanish. But I, I took I took four years of Spanish myself, so I know it's Vida. Vida means la. That dumb goat was named Vida because she meant Laugh to him. And now she, now she dead. So now Vida is mortal. Oh, I done their best dead. Okay, and then, you know, they argue, uh, you know, about who she was talking to. And uh, they argue about the fact that, you know, nobody talked to her much. And they're just arguing. Now, man, I told you. I told you, Vida. I, I don't told you. I don't know who the hell she was talking to. I just don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she was just, you know, collecting her thoughts. Well, I mean, my cope, maybe she was... Maybe she was just losing it. She could have been losing it. I mean, it's got to be tough with, with Pappy just sitting there not muttering anything. I don't know. And I just bickering. 
and then back inside Louise is in the shower and suddenly the restroom door opens and footsteps happen. Beep, beep, beep. Oh my god, that's not how footsteps son. Oh yeah, they, sorry. And then the camera pans and it's the father and it's got the crazy eyes. <laughs> and he's peeing everywhere. I've got pee on you. <laughs> like R. Kelly. Ah, but it was just a hallucination. And then they're both standing over the father and Louise says she's going to go outside to have another sick. That's a good a cigarette. Ah. Ah, oh my goodness, the cigarettes make me feel sound Italian. Oh my goodness, I, I should stop smoking. I, I sound more and more Italian every day. And Michael kicks under the bed and finds some kind of book inside, and uh, probably what the mother was writing on. It's it's in the room and he takes it outside to Louise and it turns out that it's the mother's diary uh, Louise I, I, I found mama's diary you know, I, I, I ever tell you I found your diary when you were 12 years old I read all the nasty things you were saying about my friend oh that's right yeah oh my god you never said anything I never found that thing well you know that uh that their book there, uh, I gotta tell you, that them boys paid a pretty price for that some bitch. Let me <laughs> they really love reading all your secrets. Ah, that thing, that dumb thing was fun for them. You sold all my secrets? Oh my goodness. Michael, you're horrific. Well, I may be horrific, but not as horrific as page 72, that some bitch. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, no, none of that happened. Yeah, I did. You again? I was watching the right film. Anyway, it's mom's diary. Yeah, I'm gonna read the last page. Let's see what done here. Say, okay, help me, help me, help me, please. It's killing me. It's killing. It's killing Papa, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Devil, devil, devil. He don't want Davy's soul. I'm like. Oh my goodness, Michael. What's that all about? She was never religious. I don't know. Maybe she's, maybe she's been listening to too many scary, too many scary podcasts or something like that. I don't know, you know, them crazy podcasts with crazy people that, that do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust any of those people with that crazy horror days. I probably what it was is some crazy horror podcast. And then we see a title card, and now it's Thursday. And they're asking each other. The cop wanted to know how she got up there. He say the cop, the, the tub, is how she hung herself, but that couldn't be it. That couldn't be it, Lois, because you done reckon move that tub. That wasn't there. How she gonna hang up and then move the tub back? It just goes against the laws of physics. Unless she's some kind, some kind of... No power or ability to manipulate objects from a distance. At which place the laws of physics as well understand them must be revisited. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the laws of physics, okay? I took one physics class in high school. I prefer biology much more to the physics. 
Well, you know, it just don't do nothing bad if you just know all the laws of physics. It's important stuff. You gotta know this stuff. And he's reading from her journal. His voice makes me want to die. I locked the door, but he came inside. I want David to wake up. He want his soul. He climbs on bed and hurts David. I say him. He done be laughing at me. He kills me. I'm already dead. I'm dead. Oh, done reckon, Louise. This is some sad, scary stuff this woman was writing. I'm telling you, she must have been listening to one of them horror podcasts. I know, I just know she wasn't no, she wasn't no into horror. She she wasn't in religion. It's gotta be one of them scary podcasts. Oh, my God, you might be right. I was listening to one the other day, and it was, that was actually very creepy. Not funny at all. And then there's a shot of Michael and Louise, and now they're at the morgue, and the coroner gives them a bag of crosses from apparently Sunday school, but the mother never went, right? Nobody was religious in this family, right, Billy? Yeah, nobody was religious, which is a really interesting thing, considering, you know, they're, uh, I would say, they're in Texas, and uh, as you know, I'm from Texas, and the uh, majority of folks down there, well, you know, they don't believe in something. Okay, well, you can believe in something and not be religious, though, right? Well, I mean, that's a good point, too, but, uh, you know, we can definitely look into the statistics of how many people follow our religion in Texas, and I'm pretty certain I gotta tell you it's the majority of the state. Well, that's an interesting analysis. Yeah, maybe we can look that up. Anyway. Which, by the way, why are we talking about Texas? Ah, because this story takes place in Texas. Got your hair's accent? Sounds like me. Yeah, it kind of does sound like you. Is your brother something? No, 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 he's not, he's not my brother. Okay, so they, uh, they return to the home where now Louise is moisturizing her father's hands. Ah, oh, Papa. Your hands. Oh, they're so dry. Here, let me get a little moisture for you. Here we go. A little moisture a day keeps the devil away. Ah, oh, come on. Hey or not, come on. Sorry, Billy, just what it is, it is what it is. Suddenly the dad begins to cough. <laughs> and there's a spider that's coming out of his mouth. She's searching for it and he's trying to kill it and grab it. And it's another goddamn hallucination that's happening. A lot of hallucinations so far, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's all right. There's been several. Up. Well, I mean, we don't really know if that goat uh, person or demon was a hallucination. We don't know if when he was inside, uh, when Luis was washing the dishes, we don't know if that was a hallucination. But maybe it could be. I don't know. And then a the brother walks in and says, you get it? You get that spider? Oh, did you, Luis? I would have gotten it. I would have gotten that spot good. Same way I got your journal. <laughs> oh, Louise. Oh, Louise. Oh, you done wreck. You done wreck me, Louise. I tell you that. You're a funny girl. Oh, my God. It was just a hallucination. Stop it, Michael. And on the next scene, Louise continues to be puzzled, right? 
Yeah, she's starting to get some, you know, some weird vibes about this place. So she's, you know, over the sink and uh, thinking about what she saw, and her brother goes to sleep as if nothing happened. All right, Louise, with your, your crazy imagination and your crazy spiders, I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'll get them gruises in the morning. We need steak. By the way, do you need what? Do you know how to make that syrup with the caracol? What do you need to make that? Just to write me up a list, I'll make. I make I make the trip. You just write me all the things you need for the soap the the cepeda, I'm sorry. Cepeda the caracol. You just don't reckon me a list and I'll make sure we get all the things so we can eat that for supper. That dang cepeda is so good. Okay. So now this uh you know it's just like ah oh, oh my goodness. I'll make you a list. I'll make you the cepeda list. And she continues looking over the sink, and the sinkhole cover has a stain of blood on it from when the mother chopped her fingers off, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, she just kind of wipes it away. Isn't that like biological material? That's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She just kind of thinks she just grabs an old rag and just wipes that son bitch away. Ah, isn't that how you do things in Texas, Billy? Ah, oh, come on. Come on. But I mean, I guess it's fine because she did that, so you are. Ah, <laughs> oh, Billy, 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 your hometown. Okay, so anyway, where were we? Uh, she's cleaning up the blood. That's right, she cleans up the blood. And uh, she steps outside for uh, yet another smoke. <laughs> Oh my goodness, how? How am I? How am I talking in Italian? It must be all the smoking. Oh my goodness, I, I really gotta stop with the smoking. And suddenly, wolves howl. And the music intensifies. It's creepy. Intense, intense music, and there's a shot back inside, and. She's sleeping back on the same bed as her dad is, and the light in Michael's room suddenly turns on, but there's no one there! Then he gets up to investigate, breaking the rule of horror. The light turns off in your room, you just keep your eyes closed and stay under the blankets, children! But no, he doesn't follow the rules of horror. He gets up to investigate. And he turns the light back off. And he goes back to bed. But suddenly the lantern's back on again! Oh my goodness! Oh, is it a hallucination? We don't know! Uh, some bitch, who done be turning off my light? Some bitch. So he gets up to turn the light off again. But of course he breaks another rule of horror. Don't peek outside. Really, some weird crazy shit happens, do not peek outside. Yeah, man, uh, you know, maybe, maybe grab yourself your old shotgun. Very well, very well said, Bill. Very Texas of you, Bill. Well, I mean, we all gotta have our shotguns at the ready. Especially in Texas. Okay. He peeks outside and, uh... He's... Suddenly... Ah, she's his mother and she's floating! And suddenly the mother starts singing again! Running my pain with his finger Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly. Oh my goodness. She does not sing that song. 
Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Now the mom is behind him, inside, and he turns around, and no one's there. Oh my goodness, what is another hallucination? What the hell is going on in this movie? I mean, this is really keeping us on the edge, like you said, but uh, we don't really know. Yeah, there's just so much great stuff happening, and it's like it's so subtle, but really well done. Anyway, it's Friday now, the title card says, and Louise wakes up and turns the light on, and... She starts to fix her hand. She has lipstick all over her face for some reason. I thought initially it was blood, right? I, I, uh, I also thought it was blood initially. I didn't make the connection until she checked under the sheets and she found the lipstick there. Yeah, correct. And then suddenly the phone rings and the line says... You've, you've reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Please hang up and try your call again. You've reached a number that has been disconnected and is no longer in service. Please try again. And of course, it rings again and she answers. And now it's her mom. <coughs> I told y'all. I told y'all not to come. I told y'all. Telling myself. Oh, no, she's not singing here. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right, you're right Billy. You're right, she's not singing here. But you did tell him not to come, right? Yes, it did. And then there's this thunderstorm outside, and uh, suddenly Michael stops to greet a priest or a father for somewhere. And the priest goes inside, and he starts to read from the journal, and he tells them that, well... Well, children, I came here often to visit your mother, but I had no nefarious intentions, I assure you. I only came here to meet them and offer them help. Your mother was suffering, and I offered you my help as well. Beliefs. Well, of course we all have beliefs. She had her beliefs, I have my beliefs. Uh, you know what, preacher, I done reckon all that... Baloney and her journal about them demons is all about you, ain't it? Well, you know, son, just because you don't believe in the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the devil himself, that doesn't mean he's not real. Well, tell me something, preacher. You don't be putting ideas in my mother's head. Neither of them, not my mama, not my papa, were religious folk. I only told them the truth, Michael. No, y'all told them your truth. That don't be what the be is. That be what it be. And Michael is angry at the priest for feeding her that shit, right? Yeah, he, you know, they say very, uh, very often that uh, nobody in the household was religious and it just doesn't make any sense that she was writing these things in her journal because... Well, because, uh, you know, she didn't believe it. She didn't believe in uh, any of the baloney. She was a, she was a loan on your tuck. You don't reckon took advantage of her price. Whoa. Oh, there, Michael. I took advantage of nobody. I assure you, I've never been moved around the country for taking advantage of anybody. <laughs> no, that's never happened. Uh, what? Oh, oh, you mean of taking advantage of your mother? Oh, uh, no thanks. I would never do that. <laughs> um, I, I, I helped her instead. I helped her. 
All right there, Padre. Why don't I got a question for you now? Don't reckon give me the truth. The devil don't be here. Well, Michael, you heard her words and her warnings, but she don't saw a wolf. All right. Michael, I'd hate to break it to you, but the devil is not that wolf out there howling. He's already here inside with all of us. Oh, my goodness. And in the next shot, Louise walks outside and Michael is in his dad's room and talking to him. You know, obviously the dad can't hear, but he might be. Well, maybe he can hear. He just can't respond. But he's having regrets about missing his mother. And, you know, imagine. Yeah, I mean, they were there. They visit the father and suddenly they lose the mother in a very strange and tragic way. Yeah. So Louise also steps outside and visits the site of where her mother hung herself amongst the goats. And Michael talks on the phone, presumably with his wife. And Louise continues to walk amongst the goats and now reading her mother's journal again. Hey, he's watching. Hey, wait. Hey, he's everywhere. La. Hey, is why, why, why mom, what's my mama talking about? And suddenly, glass bottles shatter and she calls out to Michael. Michael? And Michael? Hello? Michael's out of you? And there's a shadow behind her. And it grows and it grows against the wall of the, uh, the farm location area, the goat stead. I don't know what it's called. And uh, but nothing happens. Oh, just teasing again, right? What did I tell you? Teasing, teasing, teasing. Yeah, I'm starting to understand what you meant about it missing something. Yeah, it's just teasing it and teasing it, and you know, like I'm waiting for the grand reveal and waiting for it. By the way, I'm loving all of this. I'm not complaining in a, in a bad way. Again, it's just, it's just really grand to my gish. Okay, in the next scene, it's Mike and Louise, and again, they sit outside the house, and then they're reading the journal. Not always a handsome at this. Maybe Mama saw something. Maybe. I don't know, maybe. Maybe I gotta share some stuff with you now, Louise. I don't reckon see something, and it wasn't no dream, I tell you what. I also didn't imagine, it wasn't no imagination. I ain't got none of that. You know very well I ain't got no imagination. Uh, look at my journal. Nobody, ain't, ain't nobody pay Michael. Ain't nobody pay for Michael's journal. Ain't nothing interesting in there. You know what I mean? All them, them be like God, stick figures and shit. Nothing interesting like you. Well, especially like I have to pay seven to do my run. Am I wrong, Louis? Oh, Michael, stop it. This is no moment to joke. You're wrong. I'm, I'm sorry, Louis. Well, anyway, I was saying. Mom was standing. I was, I was in my room and Mama was standing right there. I saw her through the window last night, Louis, but it wasn't her. I done reckon tell you that that one mama, that was scary. I was scared, but but it can't be real. It just can't be real. I'm I'm done telling you, Louis. It can't be real. And suddenly the wolves howl, and the shot of the cloud cover moon. And now we're back inside, and there's a shot of the door with tense music, and the howling outside continues. But now there's some rustling. And Michael wakes up to something scraping on the door. 
And Louise says, there's, there's something, there's something out there. Oh! And they look out the window. Oh! And they notice that the priest, Father Thorne, the same one they spoke to, is standing outside. And well, he says, Hey, kids. Y'all want to come out here? Come on out here, kid. I love kids. I, I mean, I love, I love everybody, y'all. Everyone under, everyone under, uh, no, not, not everyone under a certain age. What I meant to say is like everybody under God is what I meant by kids. That's what I meant. Not, not kids, kids. Especially not under age ones. Anyway, what is this? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, come outside. <laughs> come on. You should come outside. Come outside. I mean, come outside. And they flash a light at him. And then he says, you want some rope? <laughs> you want some rope? And then the phone rings. And for some reason, Michael steps outside. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he stepped outside. And the phone rings again, and it rings and it rings. But Michael's like, Louise, don't answer it. I don't already broke a rule by stepping out here, you know. I might be dead already, but don't you dare answer that phone. I might be breaking another rule, which we don't want to do right now. We don't be breaking too many rules. But she doesn't answer it. And thankfully, Michael steps back inside safely. Nothing happened to him. And fortunately, as we find out, the phone call was actually from a farmhand, and he was calling them. And now we go to a scene of the farmhand Charlie, which we saw previously in, uh, you know, when he was changing the tires. And, and he's loading his shotgun, like you said, in Texas, Bill. Uh, I mean, it's not uncommon for, you know, a southern Texan to have a shotgun. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty common thing, you know. He's got to defend the, the flock uh, with its gun. Yeah, that's right. And he's loading up his shotgun and suddenly he hears a nose and something growls in the distance. <laughs> And he sees a vision of Louise and she's like stabbing herself. <laughs> and then the voice and the person that looks like Louise whispers in his ear. And then he places a shotgun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. Oh my goodness. And he blows his brain out. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was, uh, that was tragic. What was that? I mean, Charlie, what, what did Charlie do to anybody? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and now it's Saturday, and they plan on taking the dad to the hospital because they won't. They want to leave. And they let the goats forage outside, and of course, Louise is outside smoking again. And she calls Father Thorne, the same one they saw outside. They all live in Thurber, Texas. Am I right, Billy? That's right, Thurber, Texas. So the father answers. Oh, uh, hello? Who's this? Texas? No, 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 no. I've never been to Texas. I'm in Chicago. What? Thurber? Not even a real place? <laughs> Are you making it up? No, 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 no. I'm in Chicago. Chicago. You know deep dish? Deep dish pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago. So it turns out that the father had a daughter who killed herself a long time ago, and he says that Louise sounds just like her. And in fact, I think her name is also Louise, right? It was a little confusing to me. Yeah, that's the, the conversation they had. Uh, very interesting. But the, I guess the point is that the father 
was also a hallucination. He was never there. Oh my goodness. Everything seems to be a hallucination, right? In the, except the mother. Like the mother isn't a hallucination in terms of her dying, right? That definitely happened. They mourned her. Uh, we're not getting like the uh, uh, you know, the unreliable narrative situation here. Uh, no, I, I definitely think the mother's death was uh, actually what happened. There's never been any evidence to suggest otherwise. Wow. Thank you. Ah, just clearing some things up. Anyway, the doctor arrives to see uh, Michael and Louise's father, and he says, Yeah, it is. You see that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you want to take, uh, take your father to the highway to the hospital? It, uh, unfortunately, it, uh, I just can't allow it. I can't sign off from him being moved. He just isn't in the right condition. And Michael and the nurse talk about the imminent death of their father and how the worst thing to do in the world is to die alone. I don't reckon I'd I mean, I already don't want to be here, but, you know, the, well, look, Michael, okay? You need to grow up, big boy. Okay. You want me to make you some sopita? Well, I mean, yeah, that, that would be amazing. Yeah, well, guess what? No, you got to do it yourself, okay? You're a big boy, Michael. You can make your own sopita. Well, let me tell you something. The worst thing to do is to die alone, okay? The worst thing to do is to die alone and to not eat a sopita before you die. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm agree with you. <laughs> I'm agree with you on that one. Don't reckon be my last meal. But that sopita de caracol is still damn good. And then the nurse says that she can see and feel their fear and that they don't believe in God, but she does. Listen, Michael, okay? I know that you don't go to church, okay? But I've been going to church my whole life, Okay? Let me tell you, there are things in this world, wicked, okay, wicked things, and they come for whoever and whenever they want, okay? Don't, it doesn't matter. You don't pray, that's okay. He come get you. You don't go to church? Okay, he come get you. You go to church? He come get you anyway. You go to church and you pray? He still come get you. Well, hold, hold on just a second. What, what done there be the point of going there? Well, I mean, it's a little harder for him, but he, he still come get you. Maybe he can't find you for a little while. And maybe you enjoy life a little while, but he still come get you. Okay, Michael? So you listen to me. Things in this world, wicked, they come get you. Oh. A lot of Ghana. Shut it, Billy. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Oh, one last thing, Michael, okay? A soul needs love to keep it safe. Okay, do you love? Do you love your puppy? You have to love your puppy. Okay, because you don't love your puppy, then he's not going to be safe when he come get you. He doesn't come get you, he come hit him. Okay, you gotta, you gotta make sure to love him. Love your puppy. Give him a little kiss on the, on the, on the forehead like this. Here. I love your puppy. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And then we went to a shot of the outside and there's a main goat. Oh my goodness, that was nasty, but it wasn't real, right? Yeah, no, it definitely had to be CGI. There's no way they hadn't goat like that. 
Uh, the goat was missing a leg and Michael sees it and I think he was, uh, you know, going to break its neck or something. But he hugs it and that's all we see, thankfully. Oh, and then the next scene, Louise and Michael find that every single one of their goats are dead now for no apparent reason. And it's not explained, but we know what it is. You know, the nurse was saying, can a character from the same episode be a guest? The nurse from the Dark and the Wicked. What's going on now? Oh, see. Mira. What's happening is that he come and get you. He come and kill your animals and he kills all of them. And then he come and get you. Okay, so you make sure you go to the church and you and you make sure you, you pray and you believe in all that good stuff, okay? But he come get you. Okay, the nurse from the Dark and the Wicked explaining to us what's happening here. See. So all the goats are dead. Well, there's nothing much for them to do other than, well, I'll let the sheriff from Pet Cemetery Bloodlines explain what happens next. Well, well, I, I, that dumb bear situation, well, well, only way that you can contain the rot from spreading is by setting that on fire. Unfortunately, them billy goats already did, so we got burned those some bitches down. That's all we can do. Come bury him. If you bury him, you're like you just burn the disease. I, I, I reckon you've got to burn that some bitches down and burn good. Okay, Sheriff, thank you so much for your short, brief, but very important appearance on tonight's show. Uh, my man, a dime. So Louise and Michael find that they must burn everything, and they in fact do. And there's only maybe five goats left alive, right? Yeah, that's what Michael said. And then he says he's gonna go stay outside with the goats. Why? Ah, I man, I guess he wants to take care of the little ones, right? Yeah, you're right. There's a few baby goats. With one, he said that one of them was pregnant, and uh, you know, he goes outside to take care of the goat. And uh, Louise stays inside. She goes back, goes back with her dad. He wants to stay with her because she doesn't want her soul or his soul to be alone in the end, like the nurse was telling him. Yeah, that nurse had some really good advice, actually. I just want to forget about this place, Louise. I'm scared. Oh my god, Michael. I'm scared, too. I don't know what to do. I wonder if there's any sapita left. Do you think there's any sapita left? Oh, that nurse says she's going to make a tune for us. Well, well, actually, she gave me the recipe. Don't tell me that I'm a grown man. I got to make my own sapita. What the hell? So Michael walks to guard the goats and he guards the little goats, a little cute goat, a little cute. Who done there be a little cute goat? <laughs> oh Lord, it is some cute little baby goat right here. And Louise reads the mother's journal and suddenly his cell phone vibrates and uh, the goat alarms start a warning. I don't know what the goat alarm sound like. You're right, just clinging bottles. I don't have bottles in here. Oh yeah, and the bottles are clinging. And he answers the phone. Hello? And he pulls out a knife. And suddenly... Oh, Lord, place down. Place, place down. And suddenly... He hears his mother singing again. Rubbing my pain with his finger. Singing my life with his one. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly. 
with his son telling my whole life with his words killing me softly with his song oh ladies and gentlemen oh my goodness you're gonna toot your own horn again and suddenly this is the naked corpse of his mother and she's walking towards him ah oh, mama now nah, you ain't real mama come on now come on come on mama and she backs him against the wall and he turns around but there's no one there again oh my god and he turns around again and now she's behind him ah! and he almost stabs himself oh tense and he hightails it back to the house and heads straight to the room still holding a knife and not knowing what the hell just happened but he's scared shitless my man wouldn't you be well i mean if uh I heard amazing singing like I just heard. They probably wouldn't be. Oh, my goodness. You, did you just say your singing was amazing? Oh, man. I'm going to have to disagree. Okay, Billy. Negative Nancy tonight, huh, Billy? Uh, just telling you the truth. Hmm, let's continue. So, in the next shot, Louise is, uh, well, she watches him head straight to his room and, you know, sort of makes her feel more at peace because now he's also inside the house. And in the next shot, Louise is asleep next to her dad and the door creaks open. Ah, exactly, Michael. Oh my god, Mikey, you scared me. <laughs> oh, Mikey, I thought it was the demon or something. Ugh. And now we see a title card, and it's Sunday. Sun Sunday, this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get ready for fun, fun, fun. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get ready for fun, fun, fun. And Louise wakes up to a creaking mattress. <coughs> and a shadow figure growls of her, her father. <coughs> and Louise whimpered. <coughs> She's paralyzed with fear, but she's fighting him. Right? She's fighting. She finally overcomes the fear, but her father is now gone from the bed. And suddenly she looks up and he's on the ceiling immediately above her. And someone screams, run away, run away, run, 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 run away, run, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And she calls to Michael and exits the room and goes to Michael, or exits the room and goes to Michael's room and suddenly there's a knock on the door and they're all startled. And it's a young girl. Um, Martin, I, I, I don't hear the scream. Oh, it's, it's nothing. And it turns out to be Charlie's granddaughter and they've been calling the house. Uh, well, you know, um, I'm just here to tell you because somebody thought you should know about my my grandpappy he done shooting himself and they found him with a gunshot wound to the back of the head and then the granddaughter suddenly says they <laughs> they is smell him they smell him he's clothed now he's rotting he's all alone now he's rotting He's all alone. And of course now we know that it's not the little girl. But Louise can't find Michael anywhere. She calls him desperately and he's not picking up. And then there's a shot of a nurse. 
and she shows up and she's turning on the little candle of the Virgencita, the Virgen de Guadalupe, the Virgin May. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she's turning on several candles of the Virgencita. Well, I forgot you speak Spanish, so. Ah, oh, sí, muchas gracias. Habla mucho español porque estudié muchos años en la escuela. Wow, well, that's the most I've ever heard you speak. Well, you know, I'd like to throw in a little bit of Spanish here and there. Anyway, like you just said, she turns on the candle of the Virgencita. Yes, she did. And Michael, finally, or rather, Louise finally gets a hold of Michael and tells her. Well, Louise, I, uh, I had dumb breath. <laughs> you gonna think this is a funny story now. I done wreck take off in the middle of the night and left you there. <laughs> oh, well, man, I, I didn't want to wake you up. You done be asleep. What kind of gentleman would I be? Uh, I also want to let you know I took the remainder of the cepeda, so you're gonna have to make new. I'm, I don't care. I ain't no grown man seen making the cepeda. I don't know how to do that, so I have to take it. It's on you now. Anyway, I love my girls and my wife, so I, I don't reckon I had to leave, and I think you should leave too. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's I guess close enough to what happened in the movie. I guess that's what he told him. He didn't say anything about the suit. Did I mention that Sopita is soup? I think that's probably the first or second time. If you don't know what Sopita means, it means little soup. Learn it. Um, anyway. Suddenly... Well, Michael's driving back home and then the nurse is now, after turning on the the candles of the Virgencita, the nurse is holding her knitting needles in a rather nefarious fashion, and there's a spider crawling across her face, right? Yeah, I uh, I don't know if now there's a hallucination or that's actually what happened. Yeah, I think it actually happened, and then suddenly the nurse screams in pain, and she's stabbing herself, and suddenly she stabs Louise. Hey, bitch! Toma! Pow! And she stabs her! Pow! And then she says, She hears, she hears Jesus! Jesus, I, Jesus, I feel you! And then she stabs her eye! Pow! Ah, my ojo! And she stabs the other eye and she, she hears a whisper that Jesus loves her! Hey, Jesus, he loved me, you know, he loved you too! And then suddenly she just collapses and dies. Oh my goodness, that tragic ending. And Michael makes it home, but, uh, you know, he's calling for his wife and his daughter. Hello? Hey, baby, I'm back. Hello? Hello, Papa's. Hello, Papa's home. Baxter. Baxter? Did you eat the wheel of cheese again, Baxter? I'm not, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. He does not have a dog named Baxter, and the dog did not eat the wheel of cheese from the refrigerator, therefore he's not impressed. Jeez. Way to ruin a moment, Billy. And he continues looking for his wife and his daughter. And suddenly he sees the kitchen at table. But his daughters have now been killed. Apparently by his wife in a murder-suicide. Ugh, really tragic. And the wife is on the floor holding a knife and... 
Well, you know, he's uh, he's overcome with emotions, and um, when suddenly I grabs that knife that he was holding from earlier and starts to slice his own throat, and he bleeds out, but not before. Oh, he realizes it's a goddamn hallucination. Fuck! I knew it when I saw it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this one, yeah, I, this is probably one of the first ones, if not the only one, that I really felt like I knew it. Like, you know, it was in the back of my head. Don't do it. Oh, it's gonna be a hallucination. Don't do it. But yeah, he did it. And after he slices his throat, not long after, the wife arrives and finds him dead, and obviously she lands out of violent scream at you know the tragedy that he just saw but will last we return to texas well, actually he might still live in texas or they all might live in texas so louise wakes up and hears her father coughing <laughs> and she stumbles outside for some reason but then she goes back inside to her father's bedside and says that she well papa I won't leave you. Unless she hears Michael scream. Ah, Louise! Ah, oh, Louise, I ran out of Cepeda. Ah, oh, and I lost the rest of the And Michael's crying and screaming, Help me, Louise! Help me! And then the Virgencita candle turns off because it just ran out. And she tells her father, Dad, I love you. I won't be leaving you. And then there's footsteps inside. And the father breathes his last breaths. And then we hear the mother singing again. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. The mother sings, Billy. The mother sings. The mother sings. From out my fine with his finger. And then she hears the demon, I mean, she hears the mother singing, and then suddenly the demon from the right side of the screen ah, shows up and apparently ah, buys her and something. I don't know. The screen goes black and it's over. Oh my goodness. What a tragedy. What a total and complete tragedy. But that's it. That's the film. And I want to add a little section here, the interpretation of the ending here. And the reason for that is because I think, okay, so hear me out, Billy. I won't take too long. This entire movie, they refuse to leave the father, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what the nurse said, that uh, the soul needs somebody to be there and nobody should die alone. Right. But the demon never actually killed anybody, did he? Uh, what, what, what are you getting at? Well, this scene, it makes it seem as if the demon is attacking her, but the demon never actually was seen attacking anybody before. And through the hour and 35 minutes that we waited for the father to die, he could have attacked him and killed him. I don't think the demon himself is killing anybody. I think he's, he's making people hallucinating and having them harm themselves. So at the end, I don't think he killed Louise. It just goes to black. But my interpretation is, is that the demon doesn't kill anybody. He's a regular old, uh, what's the name of that saw guy? Uh, I mean, John Kramer. Yeah, John Kramer. I don't, I don't kill anybody. I just put them in situations where they kill themselves. But I'm not a killer. I'm just somebody with sadistic tendencies. And I'm uh, privileged. 
I get to decide who lives and who dies. So I don't think he was killing anybody very much at the John Kramer sort of situation. The demon was waiting for the father to die. And so when he finally died, he took, uh, or maybe, maybe this is the other interpretation. So he, nobody dies at the end, right? And again, I'm saying this because we, we fade to black and you don't see what happens. But the demon never killed anybody. He never killed the father. He is making people hallucinate and do crazy shit to themselves. The mother killed herself. Charlie shot himself. The brother sliced his own uh, neck. The father finally died when he, when he died. But at the moment of dying, he does in fact take over that body, right? The demons won't possess a body, right? Right, Billy? Yeah, man, man, we got a little good old-fashioned demonic possession, I think. So once the dad dies, and this is the second interpretation, then the dad dies, and then the demon takes over the dad's body, and then he's able to attack Louis. There's no other way around it. Right? Like there's no physical abilities for him to actually do that if he doesn't take over somebody's body. And obviously we're just fucking speculating at shit that didn't happen or um but I think that that is the reason. That's how I see it. He took over uh he took over the body of the dad once the dad finally died and now he has the ability to physically manipulate the world around him, but uh he can't otherwise unless somebody dies. Yeah, but what about her guarding his soul? Wouldn't that have been uh well, I mean, you're right. I don't know now. I don't know. I'm confused now. But maybe because she was there guarding his soul, his soul went to heaven and the body couldn't be taken care of, uh, couldn't be taken over. And it's another hallucination of the demon attacking her, but she actually doesn't get attacked. So that's the second interpretation. Yeah, I mean, I actually think, uh, you know, they're both very valid and interesting interpretations. Uh, here you go. Good job. But now it's time for a rating. Well, Billy, that's the end of this one. And as I mentioned earlier, this movie gets an 8 out of 10. An 8 out of 10 for the dark and a wicked amazing title. Simple yet effective story. Really well done. Some overuse of jump scares. It's not my cup of tea, but, you know, it was fun. It is getting an 8. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for being here. If you're still here, we really appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch you again on the next episode of Rick's horror movie review show ricks rated r horror movie review show where we will be going over our own special recipe for sopa de caracol oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs>